everyone. Today we're looking at Genesis 1. In Genesis 1, we have an account of creation. In verse 1 and 2, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the earth. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. God created the heavens and the earth. In other words, He made the skies and the land. And this opening line summarizes what this whole passage is all about. In the beginning, when there was nothing, no life, and not even time, God was also there. His spirit was hovering over the face of the waters, as it says. And this whole first chapter of Genesis shows us that God is also the main actor and agent in creation. What is God like? God is someone who has the creative power to bring things into existence with his word. He creates entire realms, the realms of time, night and day. He creates the realms of the seas and the sky. He creates the realm of the lands, and he has also the ability to create the inhabitants of those realms. God is the center figure of creation, and there is nothing that exists that was not a result of his creative work and power. In this way, God is very different than us. And so what is our place in all of creation? An objective comparison and time spent looking at images of deep space can cause us to feel physically minuscule. And we realize our life on earth is short compared to the cosmological timescales of millions and billions of years. And there's this profound sense of insignificance and helplessness that you feel when you really think about it. Yet here in Genesis chapter 1 verses 26 to 30, we actually see that on the sixth day of creation, humanity is this crown jewel of creation. And so after all the buildup, the creation and filling of the spaces, the final piece that's created is man. The language and the pattern of the creation account slows down and is very different. It says, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Introduced into creation is something that reflects the image of the creator itself. And this is mankind. God blesses them. He gives them the task to be fruitful and multiply and have dominion over creation. And God also richly provides food for man and the animals. And this is where we have to start when we think about our place in our world, in history, and even something like our role in the body of Christ. First, we need to be reminded that this story, the Bible, is about God. God is the main actor, and it's not us. Yet so much of our daily life and thoughts actually gravitate and center around our own life. We are self-absorbed and have a self-centered perspective. We instinctively just think and operate in our world as if we are the center of things and that things revolve around us, including God. But the Genesis story ought to grab our attention and wake us up to realize that, in fact, that couldn't be further from the truth. God is the center, and we need to keep going back to that truth. In addition, just because God's at the center, that doesn't at all diminish our importance or sense of significance. In fact, it's the atheistic view that would logically result in that overwhelming sense of our insignificance when we stare out into the far reaches of the universe. Genesis 1 is very clear that no, God is the center, and yet we as his image bearers are actually very much a part of God's purpose in making all of our world and life itself. And that purpose is to have a deeply close relationship with this creator God where we can experience love. But as it reads in verses 26 to 30, we also find our created meaning and purpose is given to us by God. We are to have dominion, to rule over creation. We are to fill it with more image bearers of God. In other words, we are given this incredible role of doing the very things that God does in his act of creation, ruling over it in authority and also filling the ordered spaces. And the creation account actually then ennobles our existence. It gives us the reason for which we are to live. What we learn about God is that he is a good God who creates, blesses, and is one who is incredibly generous and bountiful. He is into life and life flourishing. It says, be fruitful and multiply and fill, verse 22. At every scale of our universe, there seems to be bounty. Our conservative estimates say that there are 100 billion galaxies, and each galaxy is actually made up of 100 billion stars. 
and on our planet Earth and the life that is in it. I mean, there's 350,000 species of beetles alone. And the adult human brain is approximately 100 billion neurons, one of the most complex structures in our universe. And so there's no doubt that God's generosity is reflected in creation. And as his image bears, we have then this privilege of being invited into his work. And that's a key first step in understanding who we are and our role in our world. I think another thing that jumped out at me from today's text is the pattern of God bringing order out of disorder, how he takes chaos and out of that creates life. The picture of a world before God creates is found in verse 2. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. The world was empty. It was formless, chaotic, dark, and lifeless, and so also no purpose. There are no inhabitants. And yet in the midst of even that chaos, it says God is there. The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And there God creates through his words. And God said, let there be light. In the first three days of creation, God orders the chaos into spaces. He orders time. He separates the waters to make the sky and the seas. He creates the realm of land along with the plants on the third day. And in the next three days, he fills those spaces with its inhabitants, the lights in the skies, sun, moon, and stars to govern the night and day, then the animals to fill in the skies and the seas and the lands. And then he creates man in his image on the sixth day, and we're given our role and our purpose to share in God's work. And I think this is another picture of what God is like as well. Earlier, I talked about how God is a generous giver. And here we also learn that God brings order out of the chaos and that he is all about giving us a purpose that actually ennobles us, that brings us into fellowship with him, and that as his image bears to get to share in his work. As we think about how we live in a post-fall world, doesn't most of our world, our society, and our hearts actually feel like that description in verse 2, without form and void, the darkness over the face of the deep, However, we can also have hope because we know that the Spirit of God has not abandoned us, but rather has chosen to be with us and to tackle the chaos that is in our hearts, our sin. Jesus has come to do a new thing, to make all things new, to usher a new creation where the chaos and darkness that are in our hearts will be pushed back and he will return order and purpose and life into your heart. God is intended to make our lives bountiful and flourishing with relationships with Him and with other people, and He has given us this ennobling purpose of going out into our world to seek and save the lost, those whose sins have broken those protective boundaries to let in darkness and chaos into their lives until life feels spiritually without form and void. And that's the very thing we're called to do as well right now, to partner with God who invites each of us into that work to bring the good news of Jesus who seeks to rescue all people back into relationship with him. So praise God for what he's done in our lives and may we also do likewise. Have a great day.